Welcome to Hope Anchors. I'm Sean. And I'm Johnny. And together, we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who you are to all that Jesus is. In Hebrews 6.19, it reads that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Amen. Welcome back to Hope Anchors as we continue with our series in the book of Matthew. We conclude with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, his kingdom message, in chapter 7. Now let's take a step back and recognize who is in the crowd. It is not just his disciples, but those who have heard about this man called Jesus. There are also religious leaders of the time in the crowd. And so when Jesus is finishing his talk, he is informing people to live a life that is worthy of God the Father, and he is actually informing us even today. Johnny, our reading came from the end of chapter 7, where you singled out verse 24. Mm -hmm. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man, or or I'm sorry, is like a wise man, who built his house on the rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there that have built houses and or in the process of doing home improvements during this time. And uh, and you really need that solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And I, I've yeah, I've, I've just heard in the building process that obviously the foundation is the most important part, and sometimes the lengthiest part of the build as well. I know that when we moved out of Dearborn, you know, we were we had a basement where we had cinder blocks, and I was always struggling with uh, uh, having a wet basement. So oh. you know, just trying to fix that over the years, and and did end up doing so. But when we moved into a new home, I didn't want to have anything to do with the basement. I wanted a, <laughs> I wanted a, a sure foundation. Oh. Oh, yes. uh, that we could build our, our lives on here in Indianapolis. So, Yeah, and, and it's almost, I, I feel like the Sermon on the Mount uh, has been giving us the tools to, to build, and uh, we have now laid our framework for this foundation, and now we're going to pour mm-hmm. our foundation so we can start construction. Mm-hmm. Michelle uh, did our readings this last week, your wife, Michelle, uh-huh. and uh, she talked a little bit about the Beatitudes and how this all tied in. So we went to the beginning of the sermon. And so, uh, you know, if you want to talk about came from a conversation you guys were having. Yeah, we uh, what we ended up doing on the weekend was really backing our way into this chapter because the tail end, as we've said before, ends with the words, you know, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, it puts them into practice. Um, so, you know, when he says, here's these, hear these words of mine, you go, oh, well, which words? Well, the words that he's been teaching here in the Sermon on the Mount. And, you know, in terms of focusing on what we did for... Uh, this past weekend, we focused obviously on these words out of chapter seven. But uh, you know, in the original documents, there were no chapters. This was Jesus' one sermon um, <laughs> that may have been may have been taught. More than likely, I, I've I've read other Bible scholars that have said that he this was a sermon that he more than likely preached in a variety of times, variety of settings. That his disciples going out two by two could have been taking you know parts of this or all of this and and preaching this kingdom message. To people spreading that message to people but you know it he's at the end of his sermon he's saying listen you, it's not it's not just what you know you got to put into practice what i've taught you it, you know there's always got to be a sense of application that you know you want to go away from whether you're listening to somebody online whether it's in person whatever it might be that you're not just learning something to know but what are you going to do with what you know that's really the essence of wisdom and the, and the difference between knowledge and wisdom that, you know, maybe you're gaining knowledge, but the wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge that you've been given. And so Jesus is wanting us to to put into practice everything that he's taught us. So 
it was kind of fun because I was already thinking that I was going to back my way into this uh, chapter from that verse. And then after talking with Michelle, since she was going to be reading that, she was sharing with me uh, a recap that she did in her journal um, about, you know, what the Lord taught us, what words we need to put into practice. Mm -hmm. I know you kind of talked a little bit about the text message or that somebody said, hey, I got a question Mm -hmm. all about the once saved and always saved. And and that's a sermon in itself and a a whole series in itself. But it's kind of interesting how we can rest on our laurels that we know God, but yet that's not what God is saying. That's not what Jesus is saying Mm -hmm. in this. You've got to put my words into practice. It's more than just believing in me. It is you have to put this into practice. And mm-hmm. we'll even get more into this a little bit later today as we go through this back to the front yeah. and work our way through. So, and No matter where you fall on that debate, whether you believe that you can lose your salvation because of just continued disobedience and disbelief, um, or you know whether you know once the Lord's got you, he's always got you. I, I think one of the things that I was really pulling out and kind of the big idea was that the, the proof of what we believe is seen in how we behave. It's not about hey, are you saved or did you did you pray the prayer back in 1984? You know, it's it's more about what's your relationship with God right now. How you know how are you and Jesus doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, are you in relationship with Him? Are you growing in Him? Is there transformation happening in your life? And so, um, I would just uh, I, you know, that's the encouragement that I find in this passage that is that being a disciple of Jesus is learning from Jesus in order to live like Jesus kind of a working definition I've got that you're learning from Jesus to live like Jesus. And so are you doing that on a, on a daily basis? So we begin with uh, what your foundation is made of, so to speak. I mean, here we go. We're going to actually put the, the mortar together here. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the judgment, the mm-hmm. judgment of others. My Bible says at the top of it, judging and being judged, mm-hmm. recognizing your own failures. I think no matter whether it's a follower of Jesus or whether it's people that are going, oh, you Christians, you know, you're not supposed to judge, but you're so judgmental, you shouldn't judge. And, you know, here Jesus says, do not judge for you too will be judged. But we, we tend to take it out of context because a little bit later he's going to, he's, he's talking about, he says, listen, you know, you, you look at the, the speck of sawdust in your brother or your sister's eye, but you pay no attention to the big plank of wood that's in your own eye, the two by four. And he calls them hypocrites. He says, listen, First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then and then you're going to be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so he's he's talking about the fact that you know we we really ought to be in permission giving accountability relationships where it's like, listen, I, I give you permission to ask me the hard questions. You know, go deeper mm-hmm. than just hey, how you doing? Great, great. You know, uh, but that you would ask actually care enough to be able to ask me the hard questions about the the areas that I'm, I'm weak in, struggling in, working on, doing well in, that kind of thing. So that we as brothers and sisters in Christ ought to have another brother or sister in Christ where we're going to them and and we're giving each other permission to, in a sense, judge us, you know, kind oh, of yeah. generally, but that you would recognize your own sin uh, because in doing so, you're going to you're gonna be more grace-filled, graceful, merciful, merciful, mm-hmm. and, and loving uh, when it comes to saying, hey, Johnny, I, I really... Th- think this might be something you want to take a look at in your life. I've just kind of noticed this. And and so I think that's really important. I can tell you for a fact, I know some of the younger generations, this is a huge thing for them is they see and they have been involved with churches and they've been turned away from churches because they've seen the Christians 
that have claimed to be Christians be so hypocritical and so they don't put into practice what they say. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really been a big turnoff for a lot of young people. And so. that can definitely be the case. But I think people need to realize that all of us who are truly followers of Jesus, we're not saying that we're living this out perfectly. Right. We absolutely need his presence in our lives to not only give us the ability, but the will mm-hmm. to do it. You know, Paul himself would even confess that those things that he didn't want to do, he continued to do, and the things that he wanted to put into practice, he didn't. I just want to confess that to someone on the outside who looks at someone who says they're a follower of Jesus, but sees them mess up, they're only hypocritical if they say they don't mess up. (laughs) Um, But if they're, because a a hypocrite, that word actually means play actor. That's, you know, if you were going to go to a play in, you know, in Rome, for instance, okay. then that the the word actor is that hypocritas or however you want to pronounce it, uh, but it's a play actor. It, you're playing a part. You're being fake. So you know, I think when you're being real with people, even people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe they have um, stepped away from that relationship with Christ, maybe if you're just simply real with them and say, "Listen, you know, I I hate it, but I blew up with my kids, you know, this week, and you know, I'm just." Uh, really trying to work on my my anger and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I, I think it, if people just simply see us being real, I think that would take us far in, in helping them see that we're not hypocrites, we're not play actors, we're, we're just simply fellow strugglers who need each other and need God's presence to live this out. Yes. You talk about accountability groups. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But the way I kind of understand this and the way I kind of practice this in my, in my life is uh, the people in my accountability group are the only ones I should be so-called judging if we're staying within context. And, and here's the reason why I say that. It's because we have given each other that permission, uh, that permission that, uh, that we have given each other, but only after we have taken a true look at ourselves in the mirror in our life and what's in our heart. And we truly try to remove that plank from our eyes. You know, those things that I'm aware of, because this is a group of people that I have spent time with, Mm -hmm. a group of people that I have gotten to know on a deeper level, and a group of people that have gotten to know me Mm -hmm. on a truer, deeper level. So this is a group of people that I can trust, that I can truly trust to keep me on my path uh, that God has laid out for me. And I can do the same for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the permission that we have given each other. That's my accountability group. Those are the ones that I can truly advise or judge in this matter because we that's our group. Mm-hmm. This does not give me carte blanche right. to go out and just judge anybody because I really don't know them. Mm-hmm. I don't know their heart. I don't know their, their feelings. I don't know what they're going through. Um, I don't know their path. And I think that's where a lot of people, who are you to judge me? Mm-hmm. Which is a good question. Who are you to judge them? Because you don't know them. Yeah. Let's uh, continue on. You, you talk about ask. Mm-hmm. Ask for you have a good father. Ask and it will be given to you. I, I've got a couple questions for you because this is a this can be a pretty dangerous for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially for new new believers, uh, those that are struggling with their faith. Because they want to know, uh, what is it that we should be asking for? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they don't quite understand it. I mean, hey, I asked for a new car, and that didn't happen. I played the lottery. That didn't happen. Well, uh, and then in each of those instances, it's like a better prayer would be, 
uh, help me to have wisdom in the purchase of my next car. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a new one. It could be a pre-owned one. Okay. Now let me do some more investigation and, and talk to people and go online and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, pray through the process, but do your homework or win the lottery. No, maybe you need to be praying that you would take uh, better care of uh, working hard for, for what you're bringing in, but that you would be more wise and disciplined about how you're spending it. Hmm. You know, I think so just context, we've already dealt with the fact, you know, well, okay, Jesus has already dealt with the fact that prayer is multifaceted. He gave us uh, a plan for prayer in this sermon, you know, what we typically call the Lord's Prayer. Right. So it helps us to keep things balanced. And so when he's already given us the plan for praying, which includes praying for other people and praying for our daily bread, our daily needs, that kind of thing. But it it includes praising him and, and thanking him for who he is. What he wants us to see in this, and just, just as a little grammatical note here, that this is present tense and it's continuous. It's don't it's not ask once, it's asking and seeking and knocking. There's this process that you're continuing to go through, that you're continuing to continuing to seek him day after day. Mm-hmm. You're, you're continuing to knock for, you know, different doors of opportunity to be open to you, those kind of things. But but Jesus does say, you know, and I, and I think especially if we're asking and seeking and knocking according to his will, uh, we are going to, we will receive when we ask in that way. To those who continue to seek, you're going to find the answers that you need. You know, doors are going to be opened as you continue to knock. And I think the things that he is always going to answer in the affirmative are, Lord, save my life. <laughs> well, um, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's you know answering those prayers. And, you know, this is kind of a, I'm going to throw a tough question at you here. How about when we pray and we ask God for healing, mm-hmm. healing for somebody else? We're pay, praying for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, or forgiveness. And, and we don't, we don't feel like we're receiving it, you know, and, and, and I mean, you said we have a good, good father. Mm-hmm. How do we... How do we deal with that? How can you respond to that of, you know, hey, I prayed for my father, my mother to be healed, mm-hmm. and yet they still passed away? Mm-hmm. With any of this, we need to see things in context. What always amazes me is here, you know, Paul, there were times where people would be healed um, in his presence. Uh, but what's it, you know, you, you've got a young man by the name of Timothy who's got stomach issues. Then mm-hmm. Paul writes to him about, and for one reason or another, it's not healed supernaturally. And Paul says, listen, you, you, maybe you need to drink a little wine instead of drink, just drinking the water uh, for your constant stomach issues. <laughs> so, you know, he, and Paul himself had been beaten many times, left for dead many times, been been sick. But, you know, in his letter to the Philippians, he said, listen, I've, I've learned what it means to be content in, ev- in every and any circumstance. And so I think we need to, we need to continue to, to boldly pray for uh, different things. I, whether, you know, I was, I was praying for my dad to, to be um, healed of leukemia, but uh, he passed away at the age of 55. Kind of odd to think that I'm four years away from the age that my dad yep. was when he passed away. Yeah. Just realizing during that whole process that it's not just about giving up in prayer, but don't give up on God. Um, continue to hold on to him. You know, it's a reason why we tend to end this show with what Paul says about the 
you know, everything that was written in scripture was written to to show us the endurance and the ability to never give up and quit under really difficult circumstances so that we'll continue to have hope. You, you said something uh, just a little bit ago about God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, are we praying God's will be done? And uh, I think that's kind of a where our foundation can kind of go with. I mean, it's not my what I want, you know, but is it what God wants? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a lot there. Seek, seek, and you will find. This kind of ties into last week's message uh, where we talked a lot about seeking. What is it that you're seeking for? Are you seeking for the world or are you seeking for the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you will be seeing. Yeah. What are you looking for and what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? And I really like the statement. uh, You said seeking relationship with him, not just what he can do for us. Yeah. There's a great line, and I forget what song it is, but it talks about how we need to, oh, seek his face. Uh, not just his hand that, you know, we would seek him for relationship. I mean, you know, when you're talking with someone, you're talking with them face to face and we, we need to seek him, seek his face and not just what he can do for us. I think that's very important uh, to seek him. The relationship is huge. Uh, It's not a one way relationship. It's not what he can do for me, but how much time am I putting into that relationship with him Mm -hmm. as well? And it's not just time, but am I putting my whole life into it? Mm-hmm. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Mm-hmm. Hey, the knock and the door will be open. So when we knock, I was thinking of this. It's like shows um, like Seinfeld when, when Cosmo comes knock on the door and just walks right in. You know, knock. And it's not just to announce that we have arrived and open the door on our own mm. uh, for ourselves. Um, no, and, and it actually says knock and the door will be opened yeah. to you. And I thought that was, it. you know, we should be waiting. Let's knock, but still, it's t- we have to wait for, for that door to be open for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be rude and just walk right in <laughs> and announce yourself. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was kind of interesting the way it said. Yeah. And we're doing this, Jesus says, because we've got a, a Father in Heaven who loves to give good gifts to those who ask Him. Yeah. But what are you seeking for? Mm-hmm. Seeking for His kingdom? So. Treat others as you want to be treated. This is kind of interesting. I, I love this part, and I, and I love the fact that it says so in everything. Yeah. Not in some things, not in part things, but in everything. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many times I have seen this. I've, I've probably have even done this myself, but uh, we do just the opposite. Mm-hmm. We do what others have done to us first. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how we're going to treat them. Yeah. Uh, and we do to others if they might return the favor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, and how many times have we heard our children say it? Uh, hey, they started it. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's just go back and forth here. Unfortunately, we see even more on social media mm-hmm. by adults. Uh, and what's really bad is we see it in the news by our politicians mm-hmm. in today's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not about where is that do everything do unto others mm-hmm. as you would have them do unto you because we don't act like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw a very short video with Presidents Clinton, Bush, and um, Obama where they were talking about what needs to happen in our time, and and President Bush actually quoted this uh, scripture that that this is what we need to be about treating others the way that. Uh, we would want others to treat us. And uh, it's just it. what Jesus says is it sums up everything that was written in all the laws, everything that the prophets spoke about, mm-hmm. that if you do this one thing, then you're living this out. It's essentially, you know, loving others as you would 
uh, want to be loved. Yeah. Golden rule. And we, we've done a whole series on, uh, yep. love your neighbor. So yeah, yeah. You can go back and listen to those. And yep. Go, go binge watch. Yes. Go binge watch that series. So, uh, and then on Sunday, you mentioned the book of John and how it says you cannot love God and harbor hate. Mm. So you mentioned the book of John mm-hmm. and how uh, it says you cannot love God and harbor hate. And looking into this, I came across, uh, I found it in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, where it says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, mm. cannot love God, whom yes. they have not seen. Yep. I was like, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty powerful. How can you, you know? It goes right back into how do how do you want to treat others? You see them on a daily basis, but yet, uh, you know, it's what you how are you going to treat others is the way you're going to treat God. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, treat God the way that you've been treating other people. Mm-hmm. See how far that gets you. <laughs> I think uh, too many of it, when you think about harboring hate or, you know, and en- entertaining evil thoughts, when, when a harbor is something that you keep a boat in mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, entertaining means that, you you know, you're having somebody over, you're uh, cooking a meal for them, you're talking, you know, together for a couple hours. So what are you harboring in your heart? What's there? What's staying in there? What have you got parked in that harbor? This is where Jesus' teaching is always about the inside out. Yes. Uh, it's transformation from the inside out. And so we we have to pay attention to what's going on on the inside uh, because it's going to come out. He talked about uh, praying for people and how we pray for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I take this verse as not only in how we treat others, but how we pray for others. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we'll pray for ourselves, especially when we're, you know, praying forgiveness and mercy. We want God to be merciful with us, but do we want him to be merciful with other people, especially those people that we're, you know, we don't like very well right now. And so what, you know, how are we praying? Are we praying that God would treat them in a way that we would want God to treat us? Right. So being a way of life and the way to life. Yeah. Um, this was kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about this that kind of ties in earlier and everything else, but the road is wide and a narrow gate. Not all will enter the gate. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about how not everybody's going to enter mm-hmm. heaven. No. You have a choice of whether or not you want to have a relationship with God. And if you've chosen in this life to not have a relationship with him, you've chosen in the next life to not have a relationship with him as well. And Jesus is essentially saying that few are going to walk this road. It's not going to be a road that you're going to find 90% of the earth's population uh, walking. But, you know, you may find that it's 5%, 10%, whatever. I'm not going to throw too many percentages into it. <laughs> um, but the fact is is that it's a it's a road that few are choosing to walk. And it's a, it's a way of life. It's a way to life. So you know, one of the things that I brought out was that this is a, this is a lifestyle and that we have people that have gone before us who have followed Jesus and we need to imitate their lifestyle. Um, so this is something that encompasses all of our lives. It's not just something that we do on a Sunday morning, um, but it's, you know, the rest of the week as well. And, uh, but it's also a way to life. Jesus talks about the fact that as we walk this way, it brings us life and it brings us an eternal kind of life, which isn't just something we get when we die. It's a quality of life that we get and we possess as 
he said, bringing up John's letter again, but this is first John chapter five, where it talks about that when you have the son, you have life. That word have means to possess it. You own it. And so you own that life that, that when you are uh, following Jesus and, and uh, having a relationship with Jesus, then you own life. It's, it's your possession. And it's an eternal kind of life that you, you get to have right now, and it leads into eternity. You talked about how the disciples that would follow their um, a rabbi, their rabbi or a philosopher. You know, I mean, Socrates and, had disciples. Yeah, and, uh, rabbis had and disciples. And you lived with them. They followed you. You followed them. Yeah. Um, and even them. and even the uh, the apostles, the twelve, at their young age. You know, generally the way that was done back then was the rabbi. Uh, you chose a rabbi, and the rabbi would test you and choose you then. Uh, unlike what Jesus did with his, where he just went out and said, follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you. I want you to live like me and follow me and do what I, and do what I do, mm-hmm. say what I say. Um, and then we go back into a world of hypocrites where it's do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. You know, because you say, you use the line, more is caught than taught. Yep. I really like that. What we see is what we're going to mimic. What we hear is what we're going to repeat. Mm-hmm. So just always be aware of of your actions, mm-hmm. of what you do in life. You know, I kind of live my life. I, I try to pattern my life like that, where I want people not to see me for who I am, but for what Jesus has done with me and through me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be a reflection of him, not a reflection of me, Yeah, is what I want people to see. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. No. A way to life. Uh, you talk about it's uh, the internal life is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of just talked a little bit about that, how it's it's not after we die. It's this wonderful eternal life that we have the opportunity to live now. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I've had conversations with people where it's like, you know, if I live my life the way that I'm living it with my faith, my actions, and I bring joy to others, it brings joy to me. And if I die and I get to heaven and I find out that it was all wrong, mm. that's okay. I had a great life. Mm-hmm. But I would hate to have a life where I just lived in misery, said, you know, I heard about this thing, didn't want to believe it, didn't do anything about it. I die and then I go up there and I find out, wait a minute, that was all true? Mm. I mean, what a, what a difference that would be. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like that eternal life, living it right now. I thought, man, that's, that is true. I mean, I'm... I try to live an eternal life now. Mm-hmm. And how much better is that going to be? Right. You know. And we talk about the the few will enter. And it's kind of interesting because there are a lot of religious people out there. You talk about 90% of the people are going to, you know, not to get into percentages, but there's a lot of people that's walking on this road. And there's a lot of people that are Christians that claim to be Christians, um, that are religious leaders, that are followers, that are on this road. But we see... Uh, here in this passage that only a few are going to get in. We hear about the eye of the needle, how the camel's going to walk into an eye of the needle. We know that there's going to be a separation of sheep and goats. I mean, it's all in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of that comes down to who are we listening to and who's teaching us and what are you teaching? Um, we talk about false prophets and how, uh, you know, we're, how we can fall into all that. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of lead us away from from being able to enter that gate. You know, and you talk about a little bit about teachers that, that are false. You know, we, we hear about this, uh, even the prophet Jeremiah 
talks about this and points it out about even hypocrites in the Old Testament in chapter 23. You know, it starts in verse 9, he talks a lot about it, but verse 11 is where it reads, Both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find their wickedness, mm-hmm. declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. We know that there are false teachings happening out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we... There are false, you know, and it's quite possible that what they were teaching was correct. But for the most, for the, you know, what Jesus is getting after here in our passage about, you know, and and the way that I put it as a point is be careful who you listen to. But Jesus says, watch out for false prophets for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves by their fruit. You will recognize them. And so it can be what they're saying and you need to be very careful and inquisitive about what anybody is saying, including myself. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be like what uh, the Bereans were for Paul, where they were always opening up the scriptures to make sure that what Paul was saying was correct. So, you know, you, you need to be in the word for yourself. You're not just going to it because a pastor, a priest, a teacher says so. You need to be in the word for yourself to see uh, whether uh, I'm on track um, or anybody else is on track. But you know, for the for the people that Jeremiah was talking about, it's quite possible that what they were teaching was correct, but their lives were right full of trash. Well, and I think we see that a lot of times with Jesus's teaching and and talking strict to the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he constantly points out to them that hey, you're not living what you're saying. And later on in Matthew, he's going to call them hypocrite over and over yep. again, and talk about the fact that they are play acting, that they are playing a part. That they, you know, looking on the outside as well as uh, teaching through their words a way of life that they're not living. And with something else that we should be really cautious of, especially with this podcast alone, Mm. don't just believe because we're saying something. You know, we encourage you to listen to many different people Mm -hmm. and really discern about that. Find out about them. You talk about a relationship with Jesus, you know, but you also talk about on Sunday to have a relationship with that person that's that's sitting in front of you mm-hmm. and how important that is. Get to know them. Mm-hmm. You don't just listen to them on Sunday morning and think that, well, that's it. I don't need to, to do anything else. You know, you need to develop that relationship with the person that's in front of you, that you're listening to. Find as out well as much as, as you can. You. Yep. Um, because there's going to be times, uh, mm-hmm. believe it or not, it's there's a lot of work and a lot of discernment that goes into uh, guest speakers. Mm-hmm. Local church is going to do just to have a guest speaker come up. They don't just pull somebody off the road and mm-hmm. uh, they kind of get to know their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of leading this in because I know it's going to happen to me here in a, <laughs> yes, in a month or so. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also this whole thing about those that are home that watch services online, um, watching them on TV, uh, listening to podcasts on their own. And the big thing is they're just alone. Um, and you talk a little bit about uh, encouraging to them to reach out to others. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the technology that we have is really pretty amazing that you can hear what your church is teaching. You can stay connected to a certain amount, but both your church, the leaders of your church and you need to take the responsibility to stay connected with one another because, uh, you know, listening or watching to something online can only take you so far. Because it's not just about what we're saying, it's about how we're living. And so, you know, this is why I'm, I'm big that on getting together with people, mm-hmm. 
you know, we'll be starting up some some small groups in the coming weeks. And or, you know, when somebody's brand new, I want to be able to get together with them for coffee or for lunch or whatever yep. it might be so that they could get to know me. I can get to know them because it's not just about what we're teaching and what we're saying. It's about how we're living. You know, the the caution here isn't just about uh, false teachings, but false teachers. Yes. And whether somebody is teaching what's true, but also living what's true. And that kind of goes back to your accountability group, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else. You know, one thing. I really want to encourage and really point out is you cannot become the person that God has created you to be if you live in isolation. Right. I mean, you have to be, you have to be in fellowship with others. And that is not just with those that are like-minded people, but once again, that is to even be with those that are your neighbors as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be involved is to carry out his message and to live out his words. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do encourage people just to get out and be a part of God's community. Mm-hmm. So we're getting to the tail end here mm-hmm. uh, of his Sermon on the Mount, getting ready to go out. Uh, he's telling us to live like Jesus. Hear the words, put those words into practice. But he says something very interesting here at the end uh, about he will not recognize just because you yell out the words, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part about this whole thing is, you know, you must do the will of the Father in heaven to enter his kingdom. Just doing God's work without knowing God is not going to work. So what is it that you're seeking for? I think, you know, you pastors, anybody in ministry can can be so busy and doing the work for God that they forget the relationship with God. Um, You've got to be able to have a relationship with God because this is about knowing him and actually him knowing you. I I love that how Jesus even teaches this, that, you know, he's, he's talking about these people who say, you know, Lord, Lord, you know, didn't we do all these things in your name? But he says, go away from me. I never knew you. Uh, just as much as he wants to be known, he wants to know us. Yes. It's an awesome idea that our Lord wants to know us. And some people can be confused by this because he does tell us, I've known you when you were in the womb. Mm-hmm. I, I've got your name written down in the book you know, before you were even born. So people can will say, well, he's always known me. But just because you know somebody, you don't really know them. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that relationship. I was thinking about this on the way over here today about, you know, when you get married, does your building of the relationship stop after you say the words, I do? Right. I mean, and that's like once you find out who Jesus is, what this is about, does that mean your relationship with him stops? Right. You don't have to do anything else. Right. Uh, pointing to the day that you gave your life to Christ, improving your relationship with Christ is like pointing back to your wedding day as proof of your relationship with your husband or your wife. It's not about that day. It's about your ongoing relationship yes. with them. Uh, you talked about Cheap Grace by Dietrich Bonhoeff. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I had a couple um, quotes that came to my mind mm-hmm. because, and these were books that I read back in uh, college. One was uh, by John MacArthur and it was called the gospel according to Jesus. There was a, um, some great quotes that came out of his book, but it just, it just simply talks about the fact that if, if we're only going to God in a sense for fire insurance, if we're just going, yeah, I just want to, <laughs> I want to go to heaven. You know, I don't want to go to hell. Fire insurance. Um, Love that. <laughs> then, you know, I don't know that you truly have a relationship with God. You know, Jesus is, is calling us into an ongoing relationship with him where we follow him step by step. It's a process. It's a, it's, it's daily. 
you know, that you're following him on a daily, daily basis. And it's, it's not just about us coming to him. It's about us following him on a daily basis. Hmm. Yes. If we want grace from God, we must first give grace. And sometimes that's, uh, that's pretty hard to do. But uh, if we're willing to give grace to ourselves is something that's really hard to accept mm-hmm. at times. Uh, living a life just like Jesus, it is hard. Yeah. It really is hard. And something that we need to understand is we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. We're going to fail sometimes really bad too. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a hard fail, but it's the grace of God that allows us and should give us encouragement to continue to get up, brush ourselves off, and try again. Mm-hmm. Keep walking in His faith. Pull the plank out of your own eye. You know, recognize what you're doing wrong, and continue on. Thanks be to God for His grace because it is an encouragement to start anew. Mm. today and tomorrow and the next day, mm-hmm. recognize your faults, own them, move on with them. Uh, don't beat yourself up mm-hmm. for what's happened in the past. Um, we, we're told in scripture, you cannot plow a straight line. If you're looking backwards, mm-hmm. you can't mow a straight line either. Well, no, that's kind of hard. <laughs> that is hard. Um, but, uh, you know, give yourself some grace. So therefore you're allowed to give others grace. Mm-hmm. And then that way you can accept the grace as well, mm-hmm. but live life just like Jesus did mm-hmm. and just try as hard as you can and just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the, just the, the comfort. Obviously there is, our will is, is very involved in, in our, you know, living for Jesus, but it's not just about us trying by our strength. It's mm-hmm. when we're in relationship with him, we're inviting his presence to live within us. Scripture says that it, that gives us both the ability to do it as well as the will to do it. And so though there may be days uh, where things are challenging in terms of your, your life with Christ, when Jesus talks about, you know, take my yoke upon me for my burden is easy and light. He, you know, living with him and for him is meant to be something that's joyous and light and not, you know, overbearing and putting weights on us. It's, it's meant to be something that, you know, can bring us, can bring us joy, can be fun. I enjoy following Jesus, and I, I enjoy following him with others. Yes. So you want to sum this whole Sermon on the Mount up? You have 30 seconds. That's right. <laughs> uh, it, well, you know, again, it, it goes back to our, our main point that everyone who hears these words of mine is putting them into practice. That is the essence of what it means to be a Christian, to be a Jesus follower, that the proof of what you believe is seen in how you behave, or really you know, in the person that you are becoming, that believers live out what they believe in, followers of Jesus actually follow Jesus. And so, you know, there is evidence in your life of a person who is following Jesus by what you are becoming, you know, how you treat others. And so, you know, I, my encouragement and kind of a takeaway for us is something that we're going to be spelling out in, in specifics in the coming weeks and months, but that we would take part in each other's faith development. We, we, here, here at Hope, we kind of organize around uh, three main ideas, and it's our GPS, gather, partner, and scatter, but that we would gather to experience the love of God. Uh, that includes, you know, kind of gathering on, online if you can't be in person right now, but mm-hmm. uh, partnering is being discipled, but being someone who makes disciples. And uh, scattering is just simply whether it's in partnership with our church or a local church, or or maybe you're doing that on your own in your in your in your workplace, in your school, whatever it might be that you know you're scattering to spread hope. 
Um, but that whole idea of partnership, my encouragement to all of us is that we would take part in each other's faith development, that we would pray together, that we'd ask really good questions, go deeper than just, hey, how you doing? Uh, that we would read together. You know, you can't live out Jesus' words if you're not reading his words. And that you transform together. It's an inside-out concept, but that this is what Jesus teaches us, that we have to change from the inside out. And are we doing that together? So praying together, asking questions of each other, reading together, transforming together. That, that That's what we would be about as followers of Jesus and putting his words into practice. So my question to you out there is, what is your foundation built on? Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, chapter 8. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a look at uh, six stories yes, and uh, six truths that come out of that. It's really, it, it's very storytelling. I, I'm, I'm excited to be, to get into this next week. Healing, a lot of healing. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, let's see, you can reach out to us. Uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of us by email, um, just go to, for right now, go to johnnyaho at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also reach us here at Hope Church. Yeah, and once you know, I mean, once we're on the podcast platform, you're you may be just listening to the podcast and may not know that we're at Hope Cove. It's Hope Covenant Church, hopecove.org. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram when you simply search at Hope Church Indy, and uh, that's where you can find our live stream on Sunday mornings as well. Yep. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Hope Anchors. Paul wrote in Romans 15.4 that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And that's our purpose, to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up, keep looking up, and keep hope alive. alive.